Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ignited Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Lawrence. I believe people and culture are the single greatest competitive advantage in any business. This podcast is a weekly dose of inspiration and practical how-to strategies for transforming the way we learn, grow, and perform at work. So get ready. You're about to learn from the best learning leadership experts on the planet. Let's get after it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ignited Learning. I'm your host, Steve Lawrence. And I would like to give you a special welcome today because this is our very first episode. So thank you for stopping by. So today we're briefly going to talk about what's the purpose and intention behind the Ignited Learning Podcast? Why are we doing what we're doing and what do we hope to achieve? At the same time, I'd like to share with you a little bit about my background as a learning leader and share with you what I'm working on, what's lighting me up these days. And then we'll wrap up by talking about what we can expect on this podcast moving forward. So let's get into it. So Ignited Learning is a podcast for learning leaders that helps people in business transform the way their teams and people learn, grow, and perform. Now, a learning leader traditionally is seen as a head of learning and development or a head of HR. But the reality is in business today, we can no longer rely on one function to design and deliver learning solutions for our people. We need to be continuously learning every day. And what we need to be doing is activating managers and activating leaders to become learning champions or learning leaders. And that's what I mean by the definition of learning leader. So essentially, if you are responsible for a team, you have a responsibility to create the environments to help your people get the resources they need to help them get clear on what they need most so that they can optimize their performance, so that they can be continuously learning. Because learning should be a self-directed event. It should be an ongoing practice. It should be a habit. It should be a daily norm. And too often in organizations, learning really is a singular event. It may happen once a year or twice a year, but we need to bring it front and center where it is part of our culture. It's part of the way we do things around here. So whether you are leading an individual or leading a team, we want to get to a place where people have a thirst and a hunger for continuously developing themselves and not waiting for leadership or management to offer a fix. But we need to be creating the right environment and the right support and the right structures and mindsets so that everybody within business or no matter what department or team you're on can get the learning they need when they need it and how they need it. So this podcast is really for leaders and managers, and it's also for traditional learning and development heads and HR managers. It is about how we grow, how we learn, and how we perform in the workplace. Now, why I am excited about this? Well, in my 20 plus years of being a senior executive in a learning and development function, I have seen a lot of effective learning solutions, and I have seen a lot of horrendous learning solutions. And, you know, one of my missions is how do we make learning stick? And how do we make learning 
central uh, part of what we do on a daily basis. Because in my own story around learning, I had my desire for learning be ignited in my own way. I'm going to share with you that in a minute. But if we could be igniting learning in every single individual and team employee within business, within corporations, boy, there is no stopping what businesses can do. Because people and culture are, are your greatest competitive advantage, but the learning that underpins how we grow our people, the learning that defines our culture is absolutely critical. So they are all linked. So as we progress in this journey, uh, my intention is to bring on guest experts, guest experts that are either coaches or trainers or facilitators, guest experts that are heads of learning, heads of HR, people that are operational leaders or strategic leaders to get their views and their experiences on how they cultivate learning cultures, how they grow their people, how they optimize performance with the people they serve. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm really excited about this journey ahead. And I'm looking forward to your suggestions and your comments of how we can transform learning cultures within business. Okay, let me share with you a little bit about my background as it relates to learning. So I can go back to maybe when I was 18 almost close to 50 now, so <laughs> almost three, three decades ago. Yeah, over three, over three decades. Learning was not my best friend. Um, school and I didn't get along. I was probably a C minus, D plus student at best, and learning was hard. But then, by the grace of God, I, was, I got a job at a summer program where I was responsible for teaching learning to learn skills to high school kids. I was responsible for teaching life skills to high school kids. Now, the irony was I was probably the worst teacher in the room and someone who didn't love learning, but heck, I needed a job. But there was something that was happening here. You know, I always, I always joke with the statement that says, those who teach need to learn most. <laughs> it's not necessarily true, but in this case, it was very true. So what happened was, in my experience running these summer programs, I learned how I learned best, and I learned some accelerated learning principles and tools that taught me to study and learn based on the way my brain likes to learn. So, for example, I'm a very visual learner, and I'm a very kinesthetic learner. So when I learned the concept of mind mapping, where I could visually see what it was I was trying to think about, learn about, or recall... The, as simple as a tool as mind mapping is, it was groundbreaking for me. In fact, I loved it so much that every single note that I made, that I, that I made or note that I was taking, I would use mind maps with all my color. And in fact, in college, I remember my marketing professor stopped me and said, stop doodling. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not doodling. I am creating notes so that I can learn your class based on the way in which my brain works. And I remember the professor being so intrigued. He said, well, that's interesting. Can you explain? So I explained about left brain and right brain and how I'm really creative and I want to access that part of my hemisphere. And, and mind mapping is a great way to do that. So the professor invited me to teach the entire marketing class. There's about 65 people in the class mind mapping at the time. And I did that. And I, I think I hijacked half the class and <laughs> taught mind mapping. And uh, if you want to learn more, uh, just Google Tony Buzan. He's the father of uh, mind mapping. So not only was I learning it and teaching it, but I had some very strong affirmations that what I was doing was working. 
And at the same time, I also learned a lot of creative strategies, um, not uh, learning, uh, building creative confidence in myself, how not to self-doubt, but my willingness to experiment and, and build upon ideas and realizing that the best way to get great ideas is to get lots of ideas. And so I adopted these principles into everything I did, into my personal life, into my work ethic of being more creative, um, accessing more of my uh, right brain hemisphere. And so I was building a lot of momentum that said, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a, a learning evangelist. So I said, how, how and where can I apply this? Well, I always had a strong desire to be in business and to be in corporate. I've been in corporate, or I was in corporate, for over 20 years. And 10 of those years was as a head of learning and development for a global premium Asian airline looking after ground operational services. And in that time, I had a chance to not only teach people, but to help transform the way we learn by using accelerated learning principles, by adopting experiential learning. And I had the privilege of working in over 40 countries and over 100 cities and training tens and thousands of staff of helping them to ignite their own learning potential so that they can get after and get after and achieve what they want in terms of workplace performance and relationships um, and fulfillment. And it's been an amazing journey. So every day, every year along my career, learning has always been front and center to me. And I have just cultivated that love and, and trying to share it with people so that helping people to get unstuck, helping people to see more clearly and helping people to get after what they desire most. And learning is a great place. And, you know, in, in my experience, some corporations are fantastic. They, they put learning front and center, but a lot of businesses don't. Learning is an afterthought. And so if we can make it front and center and we can make it effective and dynamic and make it meaningful and memorable and motivational, then, um, man, businesses can become unstoppable because they are building extraordinary people and culture through learning. So that, again, I know I keep going back to this, but that's kind of what we're trying to achieve here through this podcast. Now, what am I working on now that I'm really excited about? Two areas, I guess, have my interest. One is design thinking and how that can be merged with traditional instructional design. So if you don't know what design thinking is, essentially it is a human-centric problem-solving process that puts your customer front and center, and it really is about understanding their unmet needs, their latent needs, their unexpressed needs, and when you understand your customer better than they understand themselves, you're able to define what it is the problem is you're solving for, what is the opportunity you're going for. And then design thinking also speaks to brainstorming. You know, the as I said earlier, the best way to get a great idea is to get lots of little ideas, but it is about brainstorming in a way that is going to help you arrive at a place that you never thought was possible. But then the cool part is once you have all those ideas, Design thinking is all about rapid prototyping. It's all about testing and making sure or testing, does your solution actually meet the needs of your customer? So when I take those principles and look at traditional instructional design of how we design learning experiences, what's shifting is we're not instructional designers, we're learning experience designers. We are putting our learners front and center and we're taking the principles of design thinking to not only understand what our learners do and say, but to understand what they think and feel so that we can understand what they really need. 
Now, if you ask a learner, what do you want to learn? Well, they'll tell you, but what you want versus what you need is often very different. And design thinking can help you get to the crux of the issue really fast. So as when designing learning solutions, when designing change programs, applying a design thinking mindset is incredibly important. Now, what I also like, too, is that historically, when I've designed learning solutions within business, a lot of times they'll take weeks, sometimes months, only to do the big, you know, what we used to call them pilot programs. But we would design all the objectives, all the content, all the exercises, only to find that it didn't really meet the learner's needs. So design thinking adopts also an agile approach where you are rapidly testing the concepts and testing the modules out in bite-sized chunks and getting that rapid feedback so that when you come to the first comprehensive pilot, you have a pretty good sense that you know where it's going to land. So design thinking is transforming the way we design learning. And I, that's, that's really interesting to me. And that's a space I'm, I'm focusing on of how we use this innovation mindset and principles and bring that to our craft. Now, if you want to learn more about design thinking, I have two favorite places. One is IDOU, IDO University. They offer a lot of great online programs. Unfortunately, most of them are paid, but it is worth every dollar. There is also uh, Stanford University Design School. If you just type in Stanford D School, they have a lot of uh, free resources and articles and white papers around how design thinking is used in business. Sorry, I said two points, but a few more points come to mind. The uh, ATD, Association of Talent Development, they're starting to get on the design thinking uh, train and starting to put some good webinars out there. And then also there is Luma. I think it's Luma.com. They, they are all about offering practical tools that any manager and leader can use to kind of transform their workplace. And those tools can be applied to learning design, learning delivery, and you know, really challenging the way we learn, grow, and perform at work. So I hope those are some hopeful, uh, good resources for you. Let's see. A second thing that has my interest would be online engagement strategies. So, you know, traditionally, uh, I would always love running train-to-trainer programs of teaching trainers and facilitators how to engage and connect with their audiences in live events. But, well, given the COVID-19 environment right now, well, that's disappeared, and we're all moving online. So I'm getting so many questions around how do I engage my audiences online in interactive ways? How do I create buy-in? How do I create active participation? Because what I see is there's often a mismatch of what the online learning event is about between the facilitator and the learners. A lot of learners think the online event is going to be boring or it's something where they can turn their camera off and just listen, taking a very passive learning approach. And also that's an excuse to either check out or multitask. But, you know, the, the trainer or the facilitator may have this intention where it's going to be intimate, it's going to be two-way, we're going to be collaborative, we're going to be engaging, but yet we really haven't communicated what those expectations are. So what I'm trying to do is I'm spending a lot of time on how we do the pre-communications and the preparation of our learners before they come to the online event. I'm also spending a lot of time in the beginning of online webinars or online masterminds or online trainings that how do we pre-frame things? So, uh, you know, I, I, right now I'll be teaching online facilitators, how do you ask enrolling questions in a way that's going to generate 100% response? One simple way to do that is by asking yes, no questions. 
So, so for example, hang on, how many of you would like to learn the three secret tips to being an effective leader? If you are interested, drop a one into the chat box. If you are not interested, drop a two. With chat boxes, you can see how many people are responding. Or it can be running polls. So when I'm running polls in an online forum, I, may I, I, maybe I know there's 50 people in the class. Okay, tell me how you're feeling today, A, B, or C. And you, you can see those responses. In terms of driving engagement, though, a lot of these platforms have all these different bells and whistles and, and different uh, tools, you know, whether it's a chat box, a polling function, a word cloud, a whiteboard, breakout rooms. A lot of times it's overwhelming. So what I'm advising online facilitators and trainers is simply to pick one tool and set an intention for how you're going to use that in a practical way. And so, you know, build your confidence over time. Because the truth is, we have to learn the technology. We also have our content. But at the same time, we also need to be fully present. So to handle the technology, I would recommend practicing. In terms of making the content alive, I would recommend mapping out your engagement strategy. How do you want to use that one tool or one or two tools with what frequency and in what manner to generate the responses? Too often, I see trainers or facilitators getting online without preparing their students, without having practiced the technology, so they're not really fluent or seamless, and at the same time, not necessarily having an engagement plan of how they're going to use that engagement tool throughout the process. So that's got my attention right now of helping trainers and facilitators, but also managers in business, lead on, uh, engaging online learning events and meetings. I think that's a space that is growing and there's a, there's a definite need. So if we can take the pain away and make it a little bit easier and um, make online experiences not boring, then, um, then we're doing our job. So those are the two things that have got my interest. So moving forward, my intention is to bring to you the best coaches, the best trainers, facilitators, um, learning experts, change experts, organizational design experts, HR heads on this uh, podcast, because I want to share what is relevant, what is timely, what is helpful for all managers to be thinking about how we put learning front and center, how we grow our people, and how we transform the way we perform at work. And uh, that's what we're going to do together. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wild ride. I. Hope not to be too serious, want to be a little unorthodox, a little have, have some fun, but I also want to have real candid conversations. And if you would like to reach out to us, uh, feel free. Um, you can reach us at ignited-learning.com where you can come and uh, drop your comments. And of course, after every uh, podcast, we're going to be putting in some of the show notes and some helpful resources and tips that can help you kind of activate the learning leader within you. So let's bring this to a close. I want to uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on this first episode. And our next episode, we are going to be bringing on some uh, a live guest, and we're going to be getting into it and getting after it in a big way. So thanks again, and I look forward to uh, being with you on the next episode. Okay, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ignited Learning Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at ignited-learning.com. Thanks for listening.